Greetings and salutations. It's your girl, J-Ray the Fanatic. Now, I'm sure you guys can imagine I am just at a loss for words, thoughts, and emotions right now over what the Cavs did with all in within an hour on the trade deadline. So we're going to talk about that later in the weekend. Timmy B is going to join us as the diehard Laker fan that he is, and he definitely knows he made out on the winning side of that trade. But we're going to have him on later in the weekend. Right now, I felt it's important to take a detour. You guys know I'm all about black empowerment and teaching the black community on how to be better, do better, and understand more. So I met a man. His name is Jason Warner. He has a website called ownthevision.com. If you go to that site, you'll see that the main logo is is bringing the black community back into focus. I think that's very important. So if you have an idea or a vision that you haven't been able to really quite get off the ground, I want you to stay tuned and listen to the words, inspiration, and guidance from Jason Warner. He joins us right now. Tell me a little bit about your background. Are you from Atlanta originally? No, I'm originally from Miami. Um, oh, originally from Miami, okay. Yeah, I went to Florida A&M undergrad. Mm. Uh, right nice. out of school, uh, moved to Atlanta. But I tell people I'm from Miami, Georgia, because <laughs> my my parents, uh, both my parents were born in Georgia. So every summer and Christmas break, uh, I spent in Georgia, either in South Georgia, Savannah, or Atlanta. So, okay. um, you know, worked on a farm in South Georgia, but literally my every year of my life, I was in school in Miami and then summertime in Georgia. What did you major in in my, college? My undergrads in PR, I have an MBA in marketing. Okay, and what do you do? I know you have. We're going to talk about your website and, and what you're doing as far as like helping entrepreneurship. But is that like what is your other business? What else? What else do you do? So, um, run the Own Division Foundation, um, and we're about to launch the Own Division Academy. I actually work in government, um, local hmm. government. I manage a county's website. So all the we have about a hundred and so users. I mean, it's those content managers through training. Um, so it, it was it actually took me back here because I was in Charlotte for a year. I was the director of marketing communications for Johnson C. Smith University, but I had mm-hmm. to get back to Atlanta to get closer to my kids. Uh, going back and forth every other week was not uh, the beat. <laughs> How many kids do you have? I have uh, well now I have four. Just got married in July. Oh, congratulations. Uh, yeah. So for my previous wife, we had two and my current wife has two. So we're, we're, we're the Black Brady Bunch over here. Ah, that's so cute. I love it. Yeah. So tell me how you came up with this idea. Um, what, how did Own the Vision became, become a baby in your mind? So uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, probably about six years ago, I started hashtagging on the vision um mm-hmm. didn't know what it was going to be had no clue what it was going to be um right. i thought it was going to be like a think tank um at that time i was every single year i was going back to florida a m and teaching a marketing pr crash course uh for students as they juniors and seniors as they get ready to transition into the workforce and it was a 24-hour crash course where they were literally, it was like an intensive of what you would do on a job. Um, and so I said, you know, maybe this will be a situation where we help students transition from college to life or help folks transition from uh, one career to another. Um, and own the vision is own your is literally to own your vision of success. And then we, I, I guess it just, life evolved and 
we started seeing so many uh, situations of black people dying at the hand of police and just the inequity in our community uh, continued to, it, 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 I don't think it was ever not there, but it was mm-hmm. in the forefront of media and social media in people's mouths. So mm-hmm. um, I remember they were doing all those die-ins across the country with people just laying mm-hmm. out in the middle of the street, in the middle of malls and different things like that. And there was one here in Atlanta. Um, the Black Greek organizations hosted one. I'm not Greek, but I just attended. Right. And some friends of mine um, stopped me after because it was, it was, I mean, it was close to a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And here in Atlanta, there's a place called Atlantic Station. It's like a, um, this a shopping area. Um, and they, in Atlantic Station, said well, you cannot do this die in here. This is private property. Um, so, and they said, you cannot do this Diane on 17th street, except for across the bridge, like a street. And so everyone walked off and moved to, to the bridge. And they did, we did the Diane there, laid down for, I don't know, five to eight minutes and got up. And I was like, so what's next? And they were like, well, maybe we can get something to eat. I said, you have literally a thousand people a captive audience ready to do what's next. And we did nothing. We just lay down again. We marched again. We got mad and upset again. And a friend of mine from college, uh, Nikki Foster, she, um, she was like, Jason, you worked in government for a long time. Previously, I was the community relations director for the second largest uh, local government in Georgia. And she was like, you know, how is it that they say that the 17th Street, 17th Street from the bridge to Ikea is private property? I said, because we don't show up Um, when they were having the city council meetings uh, and talking about rezoning and and the people that own Atlantic Station bought the property. They bought the street. They maintain the street. So now it's private property because we react to processes and we don't participate in the process. So that day, I said, you know what? I'm tired of waiting. Um, when I left government, I worked at some large PR firms. Uh, at that time, I think I was working um, at a really large firm and leading crisis and issues management. So I was like the male Olivia Pope. I was a fixer for uh, corporations. And I was like, so if I can, I, I can do this for UPS, for uh, Coca-Cola, Stoli Vodka, universities and different things that I clearly can try to fix black America. So that day I literally went into the lab, reached out to friends for, and for about two years just did research. And what, what we did was research, not why black people end up at the bottom of the totem pole, but why other groups succeed. That was the question that we were going to solve why other groups are able to come into America and succeed. And for 400 plus years, black people were not able to succeed. And and it came down to, um, we don't own a control of anything and we have no leverage. And so, you know, I had worked with a number of nonprofits. Um, one time I was consulting and I helped NFL players start nonprofits, build nonprofits, work with a number of people to build their nonprofit organization. And one of the things we said, that we're not going to build a, just another nonprofit. And it went to that business side. What problem are we really solving? So there's a lot of 
nonprofits doing great things all across the country, uh, impacting communities. But what the biggest piece when you look at Black America and nonprofits that impact our communities, it was there's no funding source. There's mm-hmm. no central funding source to build um, infrastructure anywhere. Uh, you have right. things like United Way, but they don't target specifically black organizations. They may mm-hmm. hit organizations that may impact, to, you know, 10, 15, 20 percent of black people. But there's no mechanism to do that. So we said, you know what? We can do we can build that infrastructure. We can use the same United Way model. We collect money in bulk and give it right back out um, and take the egos away. All right. So, you know. It's not about the SCLC. It's not about the Urban League. It's about all these groups being able to be impacted through the money that's raised. Um, and that's, that's what we set out to do. Um, and we looked at it as close to 45 million black people in this country. And um, just, just imagine if everyone donated $1 a month. It's $45 million every single month pushed right back into our communities. And, you know, that can make some real impact. We don't have to wait on anyone. I, I say this all the time. Um, you wouldn't expect a woman who's been abused by her husband to that husband to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I've been whooping your behind for the past 10 years. Here's $50,000. Get on your feet. Go buy, get you an apartment, a condo, get settled, and I'll leave you alone. Right. So if we don't expect that to happen, why would we expect a country that was built off of our stolen bodies and stolen land to say, you know what, black folks, y'all, you know, y'all had enough. We 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 almost 500 years in. Here's your 40 acres and a mule. Here's your equity um, in this fight. It, it's not going to happen. So just like other groups come to this country and say, we're going to work together and build. Um, my wife is actually in, um, she's a banker. Uh, she deals with small business loans or, I mean, the small business administration, when I say small business loan, there's some multi-million dollar loans to build hotels and different things like that. But you'll see folks come from India, um, the Middle East, and it'll be the same family members on the guarantor sheet for a loan. And then the one at the bottom will take out another loan and everybody that was on the last sheet will be the guarantor for this one. And they seed and they build and they grow together. Um, And then half of them change their last name to Patel and they just are part of this whole conglomerate. And, you know, you look at Korean beauty supply stores. I don't care if you're in L.A., New York, Miami, Chicago, uh, Atlanta, if you walk into a beauty supply store, you can go directly to the aisle uh, that you want and find it without asking anybody for help. You know that the price is going to be give or take the same based off of market, um, one to two dollars different. And it's by design because even though those Korean store owners don't know each other, they all pull their money in to buy so the they can get everything below wholesale. So it's one central repository that they put their money into and they just order from there. And so if you have 10,000 beauty supply stores and everyone's putting in a thousand, 2000, 5,000 a month, you're going to get the deal way below wholesale. Um, And the aisles are the same because from a logistic standpoint, 
uh, at a supply chain standpoint, the shipping is cheaper. If every aisle is the same, that every store that we're going to, we just have to load the boxes of the trucks one way. We don't have to worry about different shipments. So, you know, we said instead of playing checkers in the game is chess, let's read the instruction manual and look at how people are doing and becoming successful when we tend not to. And we understand the psychological impacts. We understand all of those different things. But it's time for us to say, you know what? We can't continue to blame life's impacts. And we can have the audacity to change life for us and for the better. So how do you, because, you know, I think that there's an awakening happening in the Black community, but I think it's a very slow awakening. You know, there's still some conversations that I have that I kind of have to smack my head, like, why, why is it still a thing kind of situation? But how do you, how do you address some of those psychological issues, especially, I mean, do you give up on the older generation and say, okay, let's, let's hit the younger generation? Or do you try to awaken everybody and try to kind of plant the seed in everybody so it'll grow? So we continue to try to plant the seed in everyone so it'll grow. Um, but we have to reach people differently, right? So we started with our dollar and a dream campaign and people were saying, what are you going to do with my dollar? I can't see a dollar changing impact. Like the, the, the elephant was too big. So we still have the campaign going on. Um, and that's why we went to the Give 12 project. We're a city specific and it's only 12,000 people that are seeding. Um, if more want to do it, they can. But a city like, like Atlanta is nearly 2 million black people in the metropolitan Atlanta area, right? So 12,000 of those giving $12 a month for 12 months. And we pre-selected nonprofits that we're going to seed at $100,000 each. So you know exactly where it's going and what they're doing with the money. So, for example, um, Next Level Boys Academy is an organization here. And what they work with is young boys that are in, in the prison pipeline. So they may have committed a crime. Um, in most jurisdictions, they have diversion programs. So someone could be facing 30, 40 years for a felony um, and get into this diversion program. Uh, but most of the time they can't afford the diversion program and the probation while they're through the probate for the diversion program. And because we're underrepresented from a legal standpoint, we end up copping a plea and taking 15 years out of a 40 year sentence. Well, what Gary does with his next level boys Academy, he gets the judges to um, basically uh, turn custody over to him. And mm-hmm. they go through his program and they end up their felonies erased, their productive citizen, and their life is not ruined. Right. Um, so with $100,000, he'll be able to do that for 200 more boys. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, DNE Financial Services, they're uh, a HUD certified counseling agency doing credit and housing here in the metro Atlanta area. With $100,000, they'll be able to get 1,000 more people into home ownership. Um, okay. The Phoenix Leadership uh, uh, Foundation, with $100,000, they'll be able to expose 5,000 young people to various careers, opportunities that they would have never seen before. Right. Uh, so it's you actually tangibly see this is where my 12 bucks is going through these mm-hmm. nine nonprofits. And then we're creating an opportunity where 12 entrepreneurs can pitch for $25,000 each in their own categories. There's three different categories. The idea the startup and the existing business. So the mm-hmm. idea is you can have a great idea, right? And mm-hmm. it's not, you haven't filed your corporate incorporation papers. You may have written something down, but it's just an idea in your head and you really need some funds to get it to fruition. 
Right. Four people in that category will receive $25,000 um, because you trying to pitch with somebody that has a business already is really not fair. Right. Um, right. The startup phase, so zero to five years, four people in that category will win $25,000 because, you know, you starting, you may have some revenue and growth or what have you, but you can't pitch with somebody that's been in business for 10 years. And right. those uh, folks that have been in business for more than five years four people in that category can win $25,000. But we're showing with a small amount of people what massive change can happen in a year. Um, and then the last part is meeting people at their need. So I told mm -hmm. you in the beginning that we're uh, about to launch the Own the Vision Academy. And mm -hmm. that's a for-profit model um, uh, similar to a Udemy or Lynda.com. It's a learning platform, online learning mm -hmm. platform where subject matter experts teach in their subject. So it can be anywhere from basket weaving to defensive back skills to how to be a, an effective marketing or a public relations practitioner, uh, mm -hmm. real estate investment or what have you. But it's just the meat and potatoes. So you can see all these conferences that are about whatever and they kind of dangle some fruit in front of you and say, hey, you go to this conference here and then now if you join this class for only $2,800, you can get access to X, Y, and Z. No, this is real people that do it every single day, teaching you uh, the meat and potatoes about stuff. And no class is over $300, so it's affordable. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's um, But what we do is pay the instructor 70% of the enrollment. So if you're okay. teaching as an adjunct, adjunct professor at a college, you at the most may make $2,000 and right. they could have... Right. 300 people in your class. You still mm -hmm. only make $2,000. Right. You have a class that's 100 bucks and you have 100 people in your class, you make $7,000. And it's passive because you upload your content and you follow up to questions within 48 hours. Students take the classes at their own pace. Um, you know, Based on accreditation, Bill Gates couldn't teach a class at a college because he doesn't have a degree. But I think he right. has a, a good grasp of business and technology that I would take a class from him. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, and some of the people that are doers that have, have, have been successful in their field, they don't go back and get that second degree, third degree, or what have you. Um, but they have so much knowledge that is impactful. And we want, want to be able to give people the meat and potatoes um, so that they can be successful. So that part is where we're meeting people because people say, you know what, I will donate once I get my feet on the ground. I will donate right. once I'm in a good place. So we're putting, giving them a platform for them to be in a good place. But the other mm -hmm. side of it, we have created content where we interview success makers, CEOs. We have a men's corner, a women's corner, a family corner where people can talk about how they own their vision of success in whatever their field is. So women can talk about women's issues. Um, a CEO, we can sit down with CEOs and talk about how they came from, you know, a, a, a young lady who just was had a dream to a CEO of a major corporation making millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Or even to the fact how someone came from a one situation. I, I, I'll give you an example. One of my mentors, he went to Talladega College, um, in the early 60s, late 70s. I mean, mm -hmm. late set 60s, early 70s. And he graduated and went through McDonald's training. 
management training. He was like that. You remember the Calvin commercial that they had? Yeah, yeah. Um, where they had, you know, Cal- be like Calvin, and he worked at McDonald's. He went through fries and all that stuff. It was years ago. Yeah, I remember um, that. Well, he started first year. He made like five thousand dollars in the McDonald's training academy. Mm. He retired from McDonald's. Um, over the past the past five years, he was there. He was making close to one point eight million dollars a year. Wow. A, wow. But no one would know how to even negotiate a salary for that type of money. Right. right. If you're never right. exposed to it. So we want to expose people to how you can become successful. Um, no, if you know, having a conversation with you, like most people don't know where Saipan is. Right. <laughs> or that you could go live there. Right. And that yeah. is a U.S. territory. And, and, you know, all of those great things that, that are there. So, you know, how you as a woman said, you know what, I'm going to get up and go and do something different. And mm-hmm. you owned your business success that way. So now you're in Atlanta. Um, how do you how do you get people like I mean, I, I know word of mouth, but like, how do you reach somebody, say, like in my hometown of Denver? How do you get the word out about Own the Vision so we can all start jumping on this train? You know, we, we the, the third party endorsements are the biggest thing. You know, someone like you telling your friends and family. Luckily, I've been featured in a number of um, you know national publications. I was uh, in the uh, in two thousand and what years? Eighteen? Now sixteen? Mm-hmm. November <laughs> issue of Ebony for uh, 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 one of the top seven most successful entrepreneurs in the country. Uh, this was featured in Huffington Post. Is eight? Uh, 2018, 17 influences that people should partner with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we use that PR side to kind of tell that story on a national level. Um, mm-hmm. my, my social media reach is, is, is pretty big, um, but it's, it's the end of the day, it's the people telling the story. Um, right. And, you know, one of the things I had to come to grips with is not going to change overnight. We're talking about mm-hmm. 400 plus years of, of, of mindset that we have to change. Um, I, do you find that frustrating sometimes? Because sometimes in, you know, when I'm trying to, to inspire people to take little baby steps and sometimes the mentality, I'm like, I don't understand. Because for me, it seems like it should just be a no brainer, like stop what you're doing, turn another direction. But it's a struggle for a lot of people. Do you find that that's sometimes frustrating? Oh man, it, it's it's very very frustrating. Frustrating. You know, sometimes I just want to give up. I'm be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, um, you know, it's one of those situations where you're like, why can't we get it? Why won't we change? But I sit there and and then I have that conversation with somebody that gets it, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody, mm-hmm. even somebody that doesn't look like us that gets it. And right. I say, you know what, we got to keep pushing. Or I look at mm-hmm. my children and I say, you know what, even even though. I have to because I have the knowledge. It's my responsibility to keep pushing. I remember when we were out trying to get the memorandum of understanding with the nonprofit organizations. We had mm-hmm. some nonprofits that it took months for them to get it back or didn't get it back at all. And we had to move on to other organizations. Um, but when we say, hey, I'm going to raise money for you for free. Um, and it was just like, well, let us think about it. <laughs> That's you know, crazy to me. That makes you know, no sense. If you were the Gates Foundation, they would be doing flips and cartwheels. But, you know, right. again, it's, it goes back to the mindset. Um, right. But I, I, you can't get super frustrated. I'm a strong advocate of, of um, entrepreneurship, especially since 
I have such struggles working for other people, but um, <laughs> do you, will there be like an avenue? Cause not everyone is going to have their own business, but they can still be successful working for someone else. Is there, I know you're going to give you know money to people who have ideas and then startups. Will you also try to pair people? So, Hey, this is a startup company that needs this position, you know, Absolutely. take this class. So, and the great part about it, right, is mm-hmm. the whole the the whole force driving force behind the own the vision foundation is building an economic infrastructure. You know, mm-hmm. forty five million people that look like each other, and there's not one Fortune five hundred company that's black. There's not right. one regional grocery store, right? So, mm-hmm. if we want those, we have to seed those. So, mm-hmm. you know, you may want to start a grocery store, and you understand grocery. We need to buy that that land so you can have the grocery store for you, mm-hmm. your family. Um, it may be uh, if it's a, a, a franchise type model where people buy in and different things like that. But somebody has to see the land. Somebody has to see the farmers. Here's an extra five hundred thousand dollars so that you can uh, expand your farm because you had that small, minute uh, minority contract to go to larger grocery store chains. But we have mm-hmm. to see that. A trucking mm-hmm. company needs to be that distribution. Um, we we since we don't have those, someone has to seed it. I say all the time, we can't go back in time and benefit off of stolen land and free labor. So we have to seed the change. So right. the ultimate goal is to build these large corporations. You know, when I was in Charlotte, I was part of the uh, Bank Black movement, and mm-hmm. in a weekend, we 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 encouraged more than a thousand people to open the new accounts in mechanics and farmers bank in mm. Charlotte. Um, you know, the, um, there was a lot going on in, in Atlanta. Uh, Killer Mike was heavily involved with that. Um, mm. And at, uh, you know, one United down in South Florida, but you know, we push. So it's a, it's a, it's a multi-pronged approach um, right. to what we're doing. The goal is also to continue to seed our HBCUs because you know, we have to have someone telling our story and educating us on the truth, true history, right? Because right. let U.S. history tell it, black people began at slavery. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so we have to fund black media so someone can tell our narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to fund legal, black legal, so we, we are not underrepresented underrepresented in um, the judicial system so that mm-hmm. that inequity in the sentencing and different things like that um, there's some balance so we we it's a, it's a holistic approach of building this economic infrastructure it definitely sounds like it because I know there's a lot of, of organizations I've worked with in the past that kind of focus on okay the judicial side um, you know trying to prevent food deserts in our communities but I mean, just listening to you, it seems like, and it's logical now, but it's funny how sometimes a light bulb just needs to go off in your head, but it all starts with that economic infrastructure, and then we can fund and branch out from there everything else that would benefit our community. Absolutely, and that's what that's what we, we look at. We say, you know, a house has, you know, four walls, a roof, and a foundation. We have six mm-hmm. pillars of our, of our organization. We uh, fund and seed our HBCUs. Our local, regional, uh, local and regional national nonprofit organizations that are already doing the great work. Uh, we buy real estate across the country so that we can give it to those people that are starting corporations, they're starting gas stations, they're starting uh, grocery stores. So there's no food deserts to, to expand for farmland and different things like that. 
but also to stop gentrification, right? So yes. if, if uh, a, a developer is coming to grandma's house and say, here's $100,000 for your house, and they're about to turn that house into a $550,000 house, we say, hey, grandma, stay in your house. Um, but actually, I need you to go stay in this apartment for two months. We're going to rebuild your house um, and turn it into one of those $500,000 homes. We're going to work mm-hmm. with our black banks because we deposit mon- our money in the black banks every single month. We're going to restructure your loan so that your interest rate is lower, but you're still paying the mortgage on a $100,000 house. The reason we right. need your interest rate lower because your tax burden has gone up because you went from a $100,000 home to a mm-hmm. valued of $500,000 home. But now you have $400,000 worth of equity. So you can now start your business. You can send your child to college on a lower rate than a, uh, than a student loan. Um, you can hold your local governments accountable because now there's the wealth in your communities and, the, and, the, and the, the housing equity that's there. So you go back. Now, grandma can't go and say, well, I'm going to take out $400,000 in equity and take trips around the world. There should be some limitations and different things like that. But we have to kind of bridge that equity gap so that you can start to succeed and hold, have some leverage in the marketplace. Um, so we have HBCUs, nonprofits, real estate, businesses. We, who, who supports our businesses? Who does the bailout for black businesses? Um, you know, Wall Street, the banking industry, the auto industry get bailed, bailed out. Who does that? So, you know, we support those businesses that are failing and we give them the tools that they can succeed. Um, and like I said before, black media, somebody has to tell that story. And the last Mm -hmm. piece is a legal piece. So those are our six pillars that will build our black house, um, Mm -hmm. here and abroad. What is the first step for someone to get involved with own division? You know, first step is visit www.ownthevision.com. Find out about what Mm -hmm. we're doing. Um, at the bare minimum, don't say you're going to donate your $1 a month, um, that's not going to make or break even a homeless person. Right. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, but collectively we can do so much more and we don't have to worry and wait on us. The second thing is start telling other people there is already something there because we are always hear What if there was something, some, you know, central place, this is the central place. It is not about any one organization. If you're, if you're black, we got your back. Now I have a friend, I have actually a few friends who have really good ideas and things that they want to do, but they have that fear of taking that first step. What would you say to them? You know, what is fear? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you'll die wondering what if, right? Um, Right. I've I've jumped into multiple entrepreneurial type ventures and they may not always succeed like I wanted to at that time, but you always fail forward. You learn something new that you can bring to the table. So that, that idea may not be, but you retool from that. You have Mm -hmm. to have the audacity to believe that you can make a positive impact and change your circumstance. I don't care if it's you being a multi-billionaire, you have to have the audacity to believe it can work. Um, they say if your, your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Right? So, Mm -hmm. Take that step. Take that leap. What's the worst that can happen? You start over. Right. Right. You start over. But if you don't leap, you never know what the possibilities. You might just soar. Do you have a, a that one person that came to you that you were kind of like, oh, I don't know if this person is going to have the follow through to actually succeed. And then you were pleasantly surprised. 
Um, you know what? I I I go back to it. It's funny. I always say I have the audacity to believe that anybody can do as long as they walk in their why. So mm. my uh, um so their why or their purpose, right? Mm. A lot of people chase what's, and that's in life, in relationships. The worst thing we can do is tell a child what do you want to be when you grow up. The question should be, why do you want to be when you grow up? And that's helping them find their purpose because everyone was given by uh, when they when they're placed on this earth, a purpose. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I can want to be the best basketball player in the world. and I can try really, really hard. Right. LeBron James just has that was his purpose to be on this earth to play basketball. Right. Like he might be an alien. Nobody's ever seen his daddy. He's a freak of nature. Love you, Bronny. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, from a standpoint of, 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 of walking your calling, uh, I have a friend, she just started doodling and doing art. She has a PR background and mm-hmm. she's been all over international. Her art's been selling and she's never been trained in art, but her purpose was to create. And that's what she's doing now. It, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you walk in your why and your purpose, it it always will be successful. Why plus how equals success. That's 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 the success equation. That's um, a good that's a know. good point because I've never been asked that. So I was like, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I can't recall anyone asking me why I wanted to do it. Right. So that's because a if that's it, a good like. If you think about when you were two and three, maybe four. You could have wanted to be a princess, and but all those things connect to your purpose, right? Because as a child, you have this, 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 un, uh, this um, wild imagination that you can do anything and everything. But once you start putting those pieces together, like for me, I was always I wanted to be at one time I wanted to be a superhero. I wanted to be um, I, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be on the SWAT team. I wanted to be all these different things. But it came down to all have they connected. I was impacting change for people. I was impacting lives. Well, that's good. I, you know, I'm, I'm inspired right now. I'm thinking like, why do I want to do something? <laughs> because I've always thought what and I'm always a very and sometimes I know I get in my own way because, you know, I don't just take that leap. I have to plan that leap. And I know like even some of the people that I know who are extremely successful just took it. And so, I mean, I get it. And I think you have to own your own, your own shortcomings and then, you know, overcome them. But it's always good to have, you know, a, a place like Own Division. Like, I love hearing that, you know, you can share women's issues, family issues, where you can just go and still deal with life issues while trying to achieve your purpose. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited to get involved with it. Tell everybody again where they can get involved in the website and your social media www.ownthevision.com. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Own the Vision, um, Facebook, uh, Own the Vision Foundation. Uh, you can follow me, Jason L. Warner, on same stuff, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, just connect, reach out. I'm, I'm just Jason, right? Um, you know, fortunately, I've been exposed to a lot of different things, but I'm Jason. We can shoot me an email. My email address, my personal email address is right there on my Instagram page. It's jason at ownthevision.com. I answer it. It comes to my phone. It comes to my computer. 
Um, we want to get involved because it's bigger than us. We have a responsibility because we know better to show better and do better and expose the answers, right? Yeah. Um, so even if it, it, if I I get frustrated and told no 10,000 times, I'm going to go for that 10,001, 10,002. We're going to make an impactful change because I have the audacity to believe we can. That's awesome. Thank you so much for for doing this. I know my, my listeners are probably a little, I mean, they shouldn't be because it's me, but, and I'm, I'm <laughs> very much kind of intertwined uh, black issues into sports talk. Oh, can I say one more thing before about I have the audacity to believe in the next 10 to 15 years that every black athlete will be attending a HBCU and represented by a black agent. If we want to see change, that will change the face of sports. Every I'm so black glad you said that. Represented by a black agent and attending HBCU. We were just talking about that a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and it, and it blows my mind that you have the NBA, which is uh, 80% black, and then you have the NFL, which is 70% black, and none of these none of these players are coming from black colleges. That makes no sense to me because it's like and, and these colleges are making a, an astounding amount of money off of these college players who go to their universities. Kids make no money, but somehow, some way we can't get this money to go towards our HBCUs. It's 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 asinine just to imagine, me. And I, just imagine an economic shift. Right. Look at mm-hmm. Alabama. when They won the national championship. Their mm-hmm. whole defense, a hundred percent of their defense mm-hmm. was black. Yep. Let's build the black why. NFL, the black FL, and have every black player go play there. Who's gonna watch the NFL? Try that out. Let me let me tell you something. If we had the black FL, I would be okay <laughs> with my life. Just I, life would be complete for me. <laughs> like I'm, no one will. No be, one will watch the NFL. That's why no white, one. white players were not getting drafted to the pros once. That's why they integrated colleges because mm-hmm. it was a financial game all the right. top players were going from hbcus they right. weren't coming from the alabamas and the lsus and the floridas and the florida states and the university of miami they were coming from mm-hmm. hbcus because black kids couldn't go there right I, so i'm not gonna take up too much of your time i could do this all day <laughs> me too so yeah so thank you again for being on the show um, i'm thank gonna make sure that i post all your links and and whatnot and definitely personally I'm going to continue to get the word out and I'm definitely going to get involved myself. So thank you so much. Happy black history month. <laughs> hey, happy black history year. Black history day. Yeah. We black 365 days. And one of the things that we're doing, I've been doing uh, so yesterday is posting, you know, the history before slavery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. we talk, I posted about Mansa Musa t- yesterday. I, t- I posted about the indoor plumbing that was created by the ancient Egyptians. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where the pyramids had in, uh, indoor plumbing and two-story, three-story buildings had plumbing um, yes. out of copper and clay. And yeah. they are still working to this day. One of my favorite things is um, push black. And it's a it's a push notification. And every other day it gives you a piece of black history. that And, and I've... I consider myself fairly well read. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know, but some of the inventions that you you learn from that. So I'm going to post that link as well because push black is my favorite thing. Every day I learn something new. So oh. it's all about learning something new. And, and, and so you know where you came from. Like like you said, we didn't start at slavery. So it's important to know that. And so we can grow beyond that because I th- still think we're suffering from that a little bit. So just my two I love cents. it. 
Thank you.